Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Home Matters Podcast. I'm Randy Brock alongside Lynn Whiteman, and we are the Whiteman Brock Real Estate Advisors. Ron and Lynn Whiteman, Ethan Kasky, and me, Randy Brock. And today, our special guests are Ellen and Pat Hayden from Habitat for Humanity. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for inviting us. And the full title. I just missed the full title. Yes. What is the full title? Two Rivers Habitat for Humanity. Two Rivers Habitat for Humanity, which is centered in? Rochester. Okay. We're going to get more into Two Rivers Habitat for Humanity in a little bit. Just a touch of real estate stuff to talk about today, because this is the time of year where, speaking from personal experience, you've got a list of projects, and you might not be getting to them yet because there's so much summer. There's... So much summer. There's so much summer. It's June, but we really want you want to get on it. You know, what we're going to just highlight today is um, the staging is so important of your ho- in your home for the marketplace. And we spend a lot of time staging and working on the inside. But today we're going to talk about curb appeal because... The curb appeal really matters, and sometimes we lose the focus, and we think as long as we dust the front door and put a, a, a geranium beside it, that mm-hmm. everything is good. But there are a lot of things to pay attention to. There's a lot of um, maybe aging uh, landscape, arborvitaes that have either been attacked by deer or have just outgrown their space. Um, you know, things that need to be cut back, trimmed, trees away from the house. There are so many elements of that yeah. part. And that actually is the first thing the buyer sees mm-hmm. as they pull up to the house. Right. So if you're thinking about selling any time in the near future, landscaping is a big deal. Um, stay on top of it. Take care of it. I mean, low maintenance landscaping. Landscaping doesn't mean no maintenance landscaping. Right. Yeah, and it's it's hard to recover if you've let that go. That's so. true. You make a really good point about that first impression too, because we've had homes on the market that inside are in pretty good shape, but when mm-hmm. you get there and you're thinking, my goodness, if they haven't taken care of this tree or this shrub or whatever, you know, almost the whole front of the house is covered up. Yeah. What are you going to see on and the inside? And that's been especially challenging this year because of of the drought condition yeah. type that we're experiencing. I, You have to do some watering. You don't want to water so much that you flood your basement. That's a problem, again. No, but <laughs> don't, don't flood your basement. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Never a good idea. <laughs> but there, it has been hard for people to keep up with it this year and to make things look and, and take comfort in that if you are marketing right now, everyone's house looks like yours. You know, nobody's yard is thriving right, right. now. So yeah. everybody is in the same boat, but you can't just ignore it when you're thinking about going on the market. So exactly. as important as light fixtures and paint and, you know, minimalizing and um, all of those things are on the inside, don't lose track of that this yeah. summer. Good point. And personally, I have a bunch of projects that include trees. So there's some overgrown trees, but there's also some dead trees. And that's something I need to take care of now, because if I don't and that keeps getting put off, I'm going to find myself with 30 to 50 projects when it comes time to sell, whenever that is. Right. So getting ahead of it every opportunity that you have. And those guys are busy right now. We, oh, my goodness, we yes. We had uh, tree guys 
lined up since December, and they just now got out to trim our trees. And mm -hmm. when they came out, our neighbor came over and informed them that it was time that our trees needed to be trimmed. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I was trying, you know. They're just busy people right now. So you do yes. need to get on the list if you've got a tree that needs a little bit of attention. Yeah, and we've kind of found that that's the rule with it. Like every contracting business there is, right? If that's you've got some true. work that's got to be done inside, outside, should call at least a few months in advance. It is it is a time to learn patience. It is. Because they're busy people. Right. Absolutely. And we value tradespeople. They're um, I mean we've talked before about how the trades are suffering because you know the people, the, the number of people getting in. Right. The number of people going into trades is has diminished and now I think it's maybe starting to recover since they've brought attention to it but you do have to be patient because they're very busy people and yep. they have their pockets full right and then you so. look around town and you see so many big projects too so if you're wondering why it takes a little while to get someone to come in and put down a new driveway for you right you see parking lots and big buildings and some huge projects they want those done. big jobs they yeah. don't want my little driveway <laughs> right exactly <laughs> oh. all right well thank you lynn it was a good update on some things to take care of on your house, and uh, we'll start to have our discussion now about Two Rivers Habitat for Humanity. Pat and Ellen, thanks again for being here today. Thank you. So we want to jump right in. So everyone, I think everyone has heard about Habitat for Humanity at some point in time. Is that a fair statement? I think a lot of people have kind of heard about it through the news, maybe. I would say yes. I think a lot of people have heard of obviously nationally Habitat for Humanity and, and the work that we do across the country and, and across the globe. Mm -hmm. But it's probably, and I know this is fa a fact for me, but I don't really have a clear understanding of exactly how it works and what you do and what your mission is. So can you give us kind of the, that briefing on the core mission for Habitat for Humanity? Sure. Our, uh, the core mission of Habitat for Humanity is a world where everyone has a decent place to live. Our goal is to accomplish that through affordable home ownership. So we work with qualified home buyers who may not, um, would not qualify for conventional financing, or that conventional financing that they do qualify doesn't make that home ownership affordable. Mm -hmm. So we work with individuals um, in a specific AMI, um, and I said that acronym, and now I'm not going to remember what the acronym stands for. It'll come back to me. Um, but that want to own a home, want to raise their family in safety and security. We work through that application process to identify those home buyers. We work with them from beginning, as we said, that application, through the home build, through the mortgage closing, and through the time that they own their home. So this is not a home giveaway program, right. which is a common myth. Mm -hmm. it is. This is a home ownership program. Um, one of the new things that you know that we talk about the new terms we talk about is interrupting generational poverty by creating generational wealth and i loved that when we visited before i loved that comment because it is so often people say you know if people are are living in poverty it's like well just go get a job because they see all the help wanted signs out there it's not that simple is it no, it's not. When you look at what the minimum wage is um, in the area, that's not that doesn't translate into affordable home ownership. Mm -hmm. We just I was just pulling some statistics this morning, and in the rental market itself across the state of Minnesota, the hourly wage needed to afford a two-bedroom apartment 
at market rate is $24.11. Mm-hmm. Now think back to who in the community that you know that, that are you know, working full-time jobs mm-hmm. and what their salary is. There's a lot of people getting left behind, a lot yeah. of occupations, a lot of people that are in careers that are earning less than $24 an hour. And there are a lot of people also that are working two jobs to make that work. And then that leaves kids at home, which creates different problems. So it is very complex. It's not as simple as just go get a job. Correct. And I think that's what what surprised me most about Habitat. Because I, before we visited, I thought that they volunteered hours and they got a house. I had no idea that you were actually in a lending situation. So let's go into that a little bit more because I don't know that everybody understands that you actually are a lending institution. Correct, correct. So we follow the same mortgage lending laws that any conventional lender does. Um, So we are qualifying individuals. We're looking at their income, we're looking at their assets, we're looking at their expenses, we're doing that income to debt ratio. you know, doing all of those credit checks, all of those that qualifying that a conventional lender does. But we go extra steps because we're considered a special lending program. We also look at criminal background studies. We look at sex offender lists. We look at who's going to be in that household. Um, what is that whole household contributed income to ensure that they're within those lending rates are that annual median income i knew i'd come up with what the AMI stands for um that they're within that criteria for the household so we work through that but then the benefit for us is how we structure those mortgages so you and i going for conventional mortgage financing we look at one mortgage we're going to a, a financing agency and we're asking for a mortgage to buy a house they're going to approve us or deny us for one mortgage at one amount correct mm-hmm in Habitat, the benefit we have with some of the partnerships we do, we get some grant funding that's subsidized that create what we call subordinate mortgages. So that first mortgage our home buyer pays is what's that affordable mortgage for them. So we structure that to be that affordable rate, which is 30% or less of that monthly gross income for the mortgage holders. So we do that in the first mortgage. Then we typically will end up with a sub- subordinate mortgage, which is what Again, in that to, to compare to conventional financing, what we would look at is that down payment. So what do you go to the table at closing with? How much money do you put on the table when you close your mortgage? That second mortgage, that subordinate mortgage, is that down payment assistance. That comes through some grant finding, funding that we have available to us through other housing organizations in the state and, and with the federal. Oops, sorry. I'm You're not fine. supposed to talk with my hands. <laughs> um, so, and then if there is still money left if you will so we sell our homes at appraised value so whatever the you know what that appraisal is is what we're selling that home for we just structure the mortgages such that keep them affordable so if after that first mortgage that that homeowner is paying on we get that done we get that second mortgage that down payment assistance if there's still a difference in that those total mortgages compared to the appraised value we protect that remaining asset through another mortgage and that mortgage is then payable once that first mortgage is paid or if they sell the home before the terms of the mortgage. 
So let's go down that road a little bit. If I have a buyer, who, how do people connect with you? If I have a buyer who's maybe struggling, you know, credit uh, isn't where it should be for conventional financing, whatever. I mean, can do people refer people to you? How do people connect with you? What kind, what's the network that gets your people involved? <clears throat> Um, so we start a lot with recommendations, people who've reached out. Um, we do have an application process that goes from a set period of time. So again, for us to be able to put the project up, we have to have it on our books, which means we have to have the funding available. Um, so we don't select homeowners until we have that project on the books. So we don't have a long list of 10 people who have qualified already. We qualify every every season if you will um, that we have an application process uh, as far as recommendations we take a, take them all we add them to our list and then it's on them to make sure they do the application in the timely fashion that they're given which is about a month okay I have a question and if you can't answer this we can edit this out all right <laughs> so I'm just curious are you having a supply and demand issue do you have a do you have a demand that is way overwhelming how many houses you can do right now like how many how many family units are on your list of homes to to build or how many people are you looking to home yes yeah, so we got 46 applications for this last round and we can take five okay uh, so there's a supply and demand issue. Um, we are tripling our production this year, which is almost unheard of in over a year to, to triple what you're doing. That's but um, our goal is to impact more. And so for us, that is, we're going for six houses this year, six families in safe, affordable housing. So if there are people who don't qualify, 41 to be exact, do they stay on the list or what happens to uh, how are they kept in the system? We start the list all over uh -huh. um, because we can't carry on a list. And as en as Ellen mentioned, is we can't pre-qualify for future events. So we start the list over. So anybody that once we get through the this application cycle, we select our five homeowners. For those that we have to decline, we really encourage them put your name back on the list. Just because you're declined this time doesn't mean that you're forever declined get back on the list, let's keep working through it. We've had applicants we, that, have, that have been through that process, five, six, seven. I think I talked to one in the last year that had, has applied for the last 10 years, or the last 10 cycles. Um, and that doesn't mean that, that their need is any less, it's just where are we building, what are we building, mm -hmm. and sometimes it is just the reality of their income to debt and helping through that education of, of helping to prepare our applicants so that they're better suited and, and, and are qualified for that next time that we have, that we're doing those application cycle. Let's talk a little bit about renovation. Are you looking for houses to maybe not build from scratch, but maybe just to renovate? And how does that fit into your program? We obviously, we're, we're looking, so our goal is affordable home ownership. How we acquire those homes or do that work, we're open to exploring whatever options present to us. We know, you know, the, the single family home on the, the nice lot, you know, isn't always the reality anymore. And it may not even be the best option anymore. 
how can we help more people into affordable homeownership? So the rehabs, great option. There are a lot of older homes in this town that just need, you know, in our communities, I should say, um, that just need a little more tender, loving care. That if we can go in and do some updates and some fix-ups and prep that for the next home buyer, now we have an affordable home. We have a family that's in a community and a neighborhood long-term that is contributing to our property tax rolls, that is becoming a permanent member of their neighborhood, their community, their school district, that have a home that they can call their own, that they can paint, that they can do whatever. So long answer to a short question maybe, but yes, we, we love rehabs. We, um, we welcome conversations with individuals who may be doing some estate planning and say, you know, I'm, I don't have anybody else who wants my house and I'd like to pay it forward at the time of my death. Will you accept the house? <laughs> yes, we will. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, we've had quite a few. I, I, it, we've had quite a few in the last year, and and are actually engaged in a conversation with an individual now who's looking to do just that. That's Quick tangent to that: how do, how does somebody do that? Or is it just a part of their will? Is it a, like an estate gift that they give their home to Habitat for Humanity? They do it through their estate planning. Okay. So we encourage anybody who talks, you know, who wants to do that, they need to work with their attorney to make sure that all their documents are in place. But it's a pretty simple process. Um, as long as they've got all, the, all of that paperwork in place and the executive of their estate is well aware of what that plan is. Um, but it is, it's not terribly difficult to do that. I'm not an attorney, so I, of course, oh, sure. can simplify it really well, but mm -hmm. because, of course, it benefits Habitat, and, you know, why not make it as simple as we can? Um, but, yes, it, it is, it, the attorneys know how to do that and, and write those documents on a regular basis. Wonderful. So what happens when they sell a house? <clears throat> they've gone through the process, they've qualified, um, they've been in the house for, let's say, six years what happens if they are ready to move forward is there enough built into for them to have some equity to move on or and do you sell that house to an, another family what happens then um, so in our mortgage that we write there is a, a clause that's called the right of first refusal so we ask home buyers when they purchase that keep in mind when you go to sell that we'd like to keep affordable housing in our community. So we get that option to buy it back, uh, do fixes, you know, take out some of the love that has happened in that house and, mm -hmm. and make it new so more people can, can benefit from it. Um, so that right of first refusal is huge. We actually have three of our six projects are wow. from that right of first refusal. They were purchased back and we're able to go in and they've been well loved. So we're gonna update them, put some fixes. And then we're going to get to sell them to three more families. And do you use things from Restore, or do you buy, uh, how do you get the things to update, to fix them? Uh, it's a mixture. So the Restore, we are obviously on a first-name basis with them. So <laughs> when we need something, we let them know that we're looking for a specific item. You know, right now we're looking for a vanity for one of ours. So they're keeping an eye out as, as items are donated. And if the vanity kind of fits with what that style of the house already is, then we have the option to come and get that and then keep the cost lower. Um, and vice versa, if, if we see something in the house that no longer is serving that house, we can take it out and take it up to the restore so it can be loved somewhere else. Nice. I have a question that's a follow-up to that one about you know when somebody sells. 
Do you have some pretty amazing success stories about breaking that chain of generational poverty? Because I would imagine that if somebody is selling, that's an equity <laughs> value investment that they probably never dreamt of when they're selling and then moving on. Actually, I'll share our, our recent one this year. Um, I, by pre I'll preface this to say I, I worked with this affiliate, part of this affiliate prior to our merger in 2018. So I got to know this homeowner really well. Um, lives in lived in Oatana. She purchased the house. She lived there for 12 years, um, and her raised her two children. Had her mother living there with her. Raised her two children. Her son went to college at the University mm -hmm. of Minnesota. Daughter is approaching the end of her high school career and is also looking to go to college in the Twin Cities. This is a family that stays together. So they decided they wanted to move to the Twin Cities so that the family could stay together through the college career. Um, so she was able to obtain conventional financing. She bought a townhome up in the Twin Cities area, um, an accessible townhome at that, that mm. she could move in and, and take her, her mother. You know, her mother is elderly, so her mother could move with her as well. Um, she was so appreciative when she reached out to us and said, I want to move and how can I do this and work with us. Of course, in the last couple of years, we've seen housing prices really appreciate. So she was able to benefit from that because, the, again, the way we structure our mortgage documents is not only that right of first re refusal, but also a shared appreciation. So when those homes do appreciate, they're recognizing the wealth that is built from that asset. So we purchased that home back from her. It's a five bedroom, two bath home that we are so excited to be able to, as Ellen says, get another family in there to love and enjoy and create their own special memories. Mm -hmm. That's now I should have <clears throat> asked you this question in the beginning, but what's, how did Habitat get started? I mean, it, where did Habitat come from? Did you have a founder? What's, what's the history of Habitat as, as a, a big corporate umbrella? The big organization was founded by Millard Fuller um, in the 1970s. Ellen, I'm going to tax my brain on that. I think it was in the 70s. Sure. Um, in Georgia. Um, so he started in southern Georgia, but primarily really took off doing some overseas work um, in some other countries, but then came back and Habitat grew. Um, a lot of people say, oh, well, Jimmy Carter you know, Jimmy Carter is the founder of Habitat. Jimmy Carter helped help launch us forward. Absolutely. Um, you know, Jimmy and Rosalind Carter, through their dedication to Habitat and the, and the need for affordable housing, really helped to generate more attention to the need for affordable housing and really work towards creating that. Um, the Jimmy and Rosalind Carter build that happens every year is just one of the most exciting things. I hope, you know, at some point I'll be able to attend Unfortunately, won't be able to see Jimmy or Rosalind, but they do have their legacy carrying on um, going forward. But it has started, and it really did take off. Um, you know, there was a goal at one point to have a Habitat affiliate in every community and every state in this country. We aren't quite covering every state. We have about 1,100 affiliates, I believe it is right now, in the United States, in Canada, and... I think 30. I'm, no, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say how many countries because I know I'm gonna miss that one. Um, but lots of countries. But it, goes, it goes beyond. It goes. It is international, absolutely. And you know the style of house. Every every community, every area of the country builds a different type of house. Mm -hmm. But 
our structure of house is simple, simple design, simple concept. We're building houses for people to live in. Um, we're not building show places. We're not looking at big architectural masterpieces. We want to create a home that, that families can be comfortable in, that they can live in, that they can afford, not only afford to purchase, but afford to maintain. And a good house, you said. And a good house. Yes. All of our homes are built to Minnesota Building Code. Um, we also work very hard to meet green standards. So we want to make sure that we are reduce, reuse, recycle, so that we are recycling or reusing anything from the job site that, that we can. Uh, so we're very mindful of what goes into that house. Um, also from the, from the finishing aspects in the house that we're, that we're putting, in, putting material into the house that's going to be safe and healthy for the homeowners that live there. So how did you get involved? Why, what drew you to Habitat? Uh, I got involved on accident. Ah. Um, I did not set out to work for Habitat originally. So a little preface, I used to work for the Steel Wasika affiliate um, and I worked with them for five years. And when we went through the merge to become Two Rivers, I helped get us through there. And then I thought maybe there's other things I wanna do. I was wrong. I'm back. Uh, Habitat is where I want to be. Um, I firmly believe in affordable housing. think everyone should have a safe place to live, a safe place to go and call your own. Um, I got involved because I enjoyed helping market and share the message. And uh, next thing I knew, I was fundraising for them. So happened on accident, but I guess probably the best accident that's happened so far. That's a great story. That's a happy accident. That's there a wonderful. great story. <laughs> awesome. How about for you? Um, I was between jobs looking for different opportunities. I am a social worker by practice. I've worked county and hospital social work through most of my career. Um, I was always aware of Habitat for Humanity, had followed the builds in our community. Um, the Steel Wasika um, executive director position opened up and I looked at it and I thought, oh, I'm not quite suited for it. It was still there and I went, okay, I'll give it a try. Um, and I was fortunate to be hired. Um, it was, it, again, as, as Ellen said, probably one of the best things to see and to do and to work in. My career, as I, as I think back to the um, underpinnings of everything I have done in my career, housing has always had a basic focus whether it's safe housing, whether it's affordable housing, whether it's appropriate housing. I've worked a lot with elderly individuals who, if they are mobility impaired and they live in a house that has steps, all of a sudden that house isn't accessible any longer. Um, I have been in houses that, quite frankly, I don't think should be allowed to be used as rentals or be used as living conditions. Um, and we have, a, we have needs. I mean, we have a need to change those pieces as well, but we can impact on the affordable housing and the home ownership, and we will still be a voice at the table for those other houses that really shouldn't be rental houses. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been fun to make that impact. It's very positive to be able to interact with, with applicants and, and household, you know, new homeowners. Now, the first house that, that we sold at the, at the dedication I was talking with a community member who was really surprised. She walked through the house and she said, this is really, this is a nice house. I didn't quite know what to expect when I walked through it, but this is really a nice house. And you can tell it from the, the fin you know, and 
basic, you know, we use standard finishes, standard structure. She walked away and the homeowner walked up to me and said, you built my castle. I could have mm. never dreamed of ever having a house like this. And I think about that constantly, you know, that perception of, of what are we building? And we are building castles for, for homeowners yeah. who, have, who just haven't had that. And that, that, again, that safety and that security and in that dignity. house. And the dignity, exactly, yeah. exactly. Just to be able to do that. So I'm thinking of It's a Wonderful Life, and uh, Jimmy Stewart is giving away bread and salt. Are you at the closing? Do you go to the house? I'm putting you on the spot here. Oh, our, our house dedications, we do before we sell the house. So okay. because we, we invite the community to be part of the build, um, you know, we really want to engage and, and we want to celebrate the finish of a house. Right. So we do a home dedication and I encourage anybody, if you've, if you've never been to one, it really, we have so many people that'll attend, you know, first time that they'll walk away and go, never, never have I ever participated in anything as meaningful as this. Mm. But we celebrate the volunteers and the home buyers are there with their families. They get the chance to walk through their house. We do this before closing because you know, for a number of reasons, but we want to do this as a celebration. And then we go to the closing. Um, so the closing is always done offsite. It's done with the attorney's office or title company, wherever we do our closing. And that's where we hand over the keys. But that, that dedication is where they many times are presented with gifts from community members and community organizations sure. um, to be able to get their house started, to, to start picturing what it's going to be like to live in that home. Yeah. That's great. So I have another supply and demand mm -hmm. question for you, Ben. Mm -hmm. Have you got an adequate supply of volunteers, helpers, or employees at Two Rivers? Do you need more? Um, and then if somebody does want to volunteer, how do they, how does somebody help? Uh, we always need volunteers, whether it is helping on the build site or supporting our restore. Since funds from the restore then support our build projects. Uh, volunteers can reach out to us at any time and we can find out what their interest is and help them find the right position to be in um, but you don't have to have any skill to be on our volunteer sites which is what I think is great um, so I'm personally looking forward to learning how to replace floor um, so I'm gonna go out and just happen to see the volunteers that day so I can learn a little bit about yeah. how what it's like to replace your own floor and what that takes and what the preparation is but so a lot of those DIYers that really want to do their own house and fix it up, you know, we can provide that that training, that one-on-one -on -one in a sense, before they go and do it on their own house. So you kind of get like that practice kitchen before you go and put it in the actual kitchen. Nice. How do people get a hold of you? Yeah, so the easiest way is gonna be to email our volunteer coordinator at volunteer at tworivershabitat.org. Um, we've got an easy fill-out form online on our website at tworivershabitat.org, and you can always call our office and talk to us directly. Um, that number is 507-516-0575. Nailed it. Thank nice. you. And it's Two Rivers Habitat spelled out two, not yes. the number two. Correct. Right? It is the okay. number two spelled out, so it's T-W-O, Rivers gotcha. Habitat. Awesome. And then speaking of what you might need, are there things that maybe we couldn't necessarily go get for you, but... Um, how have things gone at the state and federal level recently with any new programs in the state? Are there things that you're lobbying for that would be more helpful? Has MHFA been something that's helpful for you? 
Is that a loaded question? <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> I was looking to see if she was going to, if Ellen was going to step in. We had a really successful legislative session this year. We we're very excited. The Minnesota legislature passed some really nice bills and funding support for affordable home ownership. We're still working through all the details, and I will have, I will apologize because I am not as well versed as I would like to be on that information, but. Our Habitat Minnesota office, we have an affiliate support organization um, called Habitat for Humanity Minnesota who, has, who are wonderful supporters for us. They're the ones who bring in all that information, help us understand what's happening at the legislation, um, help us connect with our local legislators so we can advocate for those bills or for the information that's going before the legislature for the year. And then they get to help us figure out how to access those funds but MHFAA Minnesota Housing Finance Authority I mm -hmm. believe I think so um, they're they're a good funding source we have a number of different partners that will be helping us to provide us some of that grant funding and that that support for us to be able to not only build the homes but then do that underwriting from that mortgage perspective wonderful I think yeah. the thing I've heard the most this morning is the message of hope because um, you've just built that in by people coming back 10 or 12 times to, to qualify for homes. And the stories about you've built my castle. And it's, it's you know, people, people thrive when they have hope in their lives. And I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to be more aware of what you're doing in, in our community and, you know, changing people's lives is a big deal and it takes a lot of, of commitment and a lot of passion and you know I'm, I'm grateful that you sit with that community and and do that so thank you thank you for that thank you we we feel very I, at least I'll speak for myself I feel very fortunate um, to be able to be part of this and to be able to partner with our homeowners and with our community members and our volunteers yeah. to really walk side by side and make a difference in our communities from our homeownerships. Um, it is life-changing. And as we talked about that interrupting generational poverty, we don't always, you know, kind of going back to, you know, just go out and get a job, make more money. Well, right. That doesn't always make the change. But now this investment in real estate I'm growing an asset that I am actively using in my life and hopefully will be able to either pass it on to my heirs, to my children, my loved ones, or as I sell that property, I'm going to realize that gain, which is going to help me as I step forward into that next right. phase. And if no one believes in them, they have no hope. Yeah, mm -hmm. right. It's, speaking of home ownership, I've always thought it's sort of like when is the best time to plant an apple tree? And the best time to do that was 10 years ago. Second best time is right now, no matter what. So trying to get somebody just to be able to find that pathway to home ownership, wherever they might be, that's a great example of being able to kind of meet them where they're at, change some things. Exactly, that's exactly. Good. So speaking of hope, the, what, how about the next five to 10 years for Habitat for Humanity? We're going to conquer the world. Oh, good. Oh, <laughs> we have um, a front row seat. Yes, yes. Um, we're working through that. Our strategic plan, um, we will be updating and, and revisiting our strategic plan. So one thing, I, I, and we haven't really talked about what is Two Rivers Habitat. We're a five-county affiliate. We cover a lot of ground. So we start with Waseca County on the west. We include Waseca, Steele, Dodge, 
Olmstead, and then Wabasha County on the east. Um, so we've got a lot of area and impact that we can do. And so we're starting to look at how many houses can we build? As Ellen said, we're, we're doing six this year, but three of them are houses that have been previously owned. So that is not as much work, which is great, mm -hmm. but it lets us figure out the dynamics and the scheduling and the volunteer need and all of those pieces we need to get into place to be more organized. I think we can do um, a significant number more over the next number of years. I hate to put years on it because we haven't quite plotted all that out, um, but also looking to add in some repairs. So for individuals who currently own their own homes, but are income strapped, you know, they don't have the funds to make the repairs that they need to keep their home safe and affordable, that we can add that in as a service as well. We hear a lot about aging in place. You know, if individuals want to stay in their homes through their lifespan, can we help them do that? Are there things that we can do and help do some repairs and do some home modifications? We want to add that in. So wow. um, we, have, we have some great opportunity. Our ReStore, looking at growing our ReStore so that we have we raise more revenue from our ReStore, which just means we can impact more families. Um, our advocacy, you know, it, both at the local, state, and at local, state, and federal level, how can we impact um, our advocacy for that? The, the community education, really helping to build those neighborhoods, and and helping to continue that conversation about how how important it is that when families go home, when homeowners or, or parents are at home at night that they're not sitting up worrying about gosh am I gonna am I gonna be able to pay my bills this month or what bill do I pay first and which mm -hmm. which which account can I put in jeopardy if I if I delay paying right. for a little bit because I have to try to figure out how to keep a roof over my head that's you know with affordable home ownership we're hopefully making that impact and we're helping keep that as a constant so that families can thrive and not have that worry. Wonderful. Do you have anything else you'd like to add? I'm grateful for people who have the passion and compassion, and I'm grateful for the man who gave of himself to start it, because in our business, we always believe that everybody's money has the same value. And so we try to treat our buyers and our sellers equally in that someone who has $100,000 to spend on a house, that money is just as important to them as someone who has a million dollars, if not more. And so it's nice for us to hear that you are coming behind a community and helping make that dream come true. Thank you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. Anything else that the two of you would like to add? Uh, Restore Fest. Restore I'm gonna Fest. Do, I'm, I'm going to do a little plug here. There you Restore. go. <laughs> That's what you're here for. Uh, Restore Fest is Saturday, August 5th. Uh, so Restore Fest is really a celebration of all the things we're doing in the community. So it'll be, um, there'll be discounts throughout the day. So not just the regular discounts that are in store. You get to kind of pick your own when you walk in the door. I hope you're feeling lucky that day. Mm -hmm. um, we're looking to have some food trucks out there. We're, we're going to just have like community atmosphere, some family activities, just getting everyone out to celebrate what the ReStore is doing in our community. Awesome. Saturday, August 5th? Yes. Saturday, August 5th. All right. 
put that on your calendar. Perfect. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Ellen. Appreciate your time Thank today. You. Thanks for being here. It's Two Rivers Habitat for Humanity. TworiversHabitatforhumanity.org. Well, no, tworiversHabitat.org. TworiversHabitat.org. You shortened it. We're TworiversHabitat for Humanity because, you know, there's just not enough words. But our website is tworiversHabitat.org. Wonderful. TworiversHabitat.org. We'll make sure we have that right there on the link to the website as well. That'll be on our website and in Apple Podcasts and Spotify and everywhere that people go for that. Excellent. Perfect. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Thanks. Appreciate your time. And you find us at WeichmanBrock.com. That's W-I-G-H-T-M-A-N-B-R-O-C-K.com. Have a great day.